Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Good morning, guys. It is the 3rd of February, I believe. Uh, It is 7.30 a.m. Mountain Time, 7.34 a.m. And I am in Seattle, and Scott is in Mobile covering live down at the Reese's Senior Bowl. Scott, how are you doing this fine morning for Broncos for Breakfast? Reese's? Is that what we're going it, with? Reese's? Is that a... Reese's? Reese's? I, I, Reese's. I always like... I always, we always said Reese's, like Reese's Pieces. But, you know, we might say Reese's Pieces. That's, uh, I think it might be a Midwest thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, nothing's more Midwest than, Midwest than pop. Pop, so, yeah. Pop. Can I get some pop? What, what, what's a pop? I got family from Missouri too, so it's you know, like I was, a, like I was born in Ohio, so yep. um, very familiar with the pap. What's what's pap? Uh, well, everything down where you're at is cola, right? Is that how it works? Coke. No, it's Coke. 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 That's yeah. it. Okay, excuse yeah, me. It's Coke because you know Atlanta. You know, Coca Cola is Atlanta, so yeah. You you don't you know. So <clears throat> I worked in a liquor store for a while, and um, people if they came in and asked for soda, I'd have to ask many follow up questions. Like club soda is over here. Soft drinks are on this side. I just started calling them soft drinks. Soft soft drinks was the easiest thing to me. Uh, non-regional reference for soft drinks. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Ugh, now I want a Coke. Nothing beats a really nice, just cold <laughs> Coke. Uh, Diamond Rattler's in the house. Boom, let's go. Uh, we got Luke Wright's in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott with a coffee. Oh, that reminds me. I have not had a sip yet. I have not had a sip yet either. I'm running Ugh. on adrenaline and panic right now. So. <laughs> Pain. Uh, EJ, good morning, Nick and Scott. Great to see you. Buenos Diaz from Dave. Chase Wellner's in the house. Go to your home ball. Good to see you, Chase. Jeremy's in the house. Good morning, Mobile. Sounds like a country song. Yeah, it does sound like a country song. Mobile seems like a pretty nice place. What do they call it? The the Pearl of the Gulf? Is that the nickname of the city? I don't even remember. I've, I've been there Is once. It? And I was listening to, uh, who was I listening to? Soil. And they were doing a cover of Black Betty. You know, there was lots mm. of Alabama and Birmingham <laughs> references in there. So, Hamalam, Whamalam. So, we're off the rails here this morning, y'all. No, we're having so fun. We're talking uh, all kinds of stuff. No, I uh, I just choked down some eggs. The eggs at the True in Mobile are surprisingly good. So right wow. next to uh, right next to Hank Aaron Stadium on Satchel wow. Page Drive. It's a nice. It's a really nice little hotel here. I've been been very happy. Awesome, awesome. Well, that's good to hear. I'll I'll keep that note for in the future. Uh, Clayton's in the house. Morning, guys. We got Mark Schrader. Mark, God, man, you have been. Awesome. Coming in here, supporting us. God bless you. Uh, make sure you're following us on, I see you're on Facebook. Make sure you're following us on Twitter and whatnot as well. So we can give you a shout out and talk some more ball. But Mark says, good morning. Thanks for the videos, Scott. Uh, yeah, Scott, thank you for the videos and uh, getting down there and being in person. You know, hearing, hearing it is one thing, but seeing is believing. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find Find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site. TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. So uh, I appreciate the videos. My, my theory on scouting was I always want to show you, but I also want to tell, I want to tell you, but I want to show you. I'll tell you what I see and what I, what I think about what I see, but then I also want to show you. So um, I'm always have a video camera in my hand. People ask me, you know, do you, 
do you talk to, do you interview prospects? That's one of those questions, you know, I was like, no, I don't. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a video rat. I, I, that's, that's what I do. I've, I've shot 600 clips, I think, you know, 600 video files uh, that I've gone through in two days. So uh, appreciate it, Mark. There's tons more to come. In fact, I was just about to hit publish on uh, the national offensive and defensive line when I realized that I had a two minute gap in the end. I'm like, why is this thing six minutes? It's supposed to be about four. Oh, because you didn't do those four files that are still sitting at the end, you idiot. I usually work on two screens, so I'm all out of sorts yeah. here working with just oh, one. God, two screens is a world of difference maker. God, let me tell you. Tina Fairchild, good morning from Idaho. You guys are the best. Tina, you're the best. Uh, nice Wonder Woman picture. Good movies, good franchise. I enjoy it. I mean, Gal Gadot, man. She's, she's awesome. Um, we got BX Bronco coming in. Morning from the BX. Okay. Oh, that's you. Not a place. <laughs> DBA's in the house. Good morning, y'all. Awesome to see you. Clayton had a question. What kind of coffee? I'm drinking a local uh, coffee that's from up the way. It is... Oh my gosh, the name is totally escaping right now. It'll come to me. Scott, what are you drinking? Just the house coffee? House coffee again. Yep, house coffee. We're going for necessities, not necessarily for luxuries and tastes right now, but it's too hot. I haven't had any yet. Like I said, I'm running on like panic and adrenaline right now. So we'll get into it soon. Trying to we'll get, get like four things done as quick as I can. And uh, goodness gracious, Michael. Michael oh. Rankio coming in with 5,000 stars to kick off our morning. Um, good morning in Tucson. You've made our morning already. I'm, I'm done. We're out of here now. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. See ya. We're done. Yeah, good. We're done. Um, <laughs> huge. Um, February. I think that the raffle's coming into uh, coming in tonight. Uh, for those of y'all on the uh, those of y'all on MHH and who have been contributing stars so much, like uh, like Michael has, and I, I'm I'm stumbling all over myself. I sound like an idiot because you've made me babble like an idiot now, Michael. That's that's what that's what you just did for me. So thank you because I appreciate it. Travis yeah, coming in with some stars also. Say morning, fellas. Watching, of course, one of my favorite podcasts, no doubt. Well, we appreciate you, Travis. Absolutely. I got to put on the Travis hat every time he gives a a chat there. So there's the there's the Travis hat. God bless you, Travis. I I, I have so many hats. Um, and I love them all like children. Uh, Chris Hernandez coming in. Speaking of loving my people like children, he's one of our big supporters here. Buying some you, coffee. Chris. I'm afraid to hit this one. I think I think it's going to burn my mouth. So when you see me spit coffee and all over this white bed, you know it's you'll know. So yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Broken Pirates. Good morning. So yeah, uh, over on Twitch. Twitch. Also got Jason Peters in the house. Tim Durr is in the house. Uh, Manuel is in the house. Clayton Huron, Johnny's in the house, Jamal Killings. I want to make sure I say hi to everybody. Mark Schrader's still in here. Roy Osborne's in the house. There's uh, a, a big stars question from, uh, from Mark, so I want to get to this one. Yeah. Get to this one quick. So I went through my um, national OLDL last night and this morning. And Braxton Jones. So I, I honestly, I remember there's so many names. I remember schools and numbers better. So, you know, help me out here. Braxton Jones, I think the Southern Utah. Does that sound right? I believe so. Let me pull up the roster. Um, I'm still trying to get to some of these smaller school guys just because I haven't, you know, I haven't seen the tape of some of these guys. This is my first 77 or 74. Sounds right. Yeah. He had like incredibly small measurements, right? Did he? Okay. Let me look at the measurement because, because what I saw of him, Mark, I liked. Um, He had a couple of wins in his, in his uh, 1v1s. And I think the defensive line here is stacked. Last mm, year, yes. the offensive line just abused the defensive line. And that's not happening this year. This year, I think that it's it's more along the lines, no pun intended. If you can, I always say, if you can find a corner that can even come close to covering guys in this setting, you've got somebody because it's so set up for the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and on these, if you can get anybody, you know, when it's basically a pass rush drill, it's always third and 11, basically. You know, there's no threat of the run. There's no help from anybody else. So if you can get an offensive lineman that can even get in somebody's way, you've got something. So Braxton mm-hmm. Jones absolutely caught my eye yesterday. I thought he did. Uh, he was doing really well because I remember you said the name. and I was like, That's, that sounds like 77 to me on the national team. And I had him down for a couple of wins in the 1v1s. And then let's uh, let's look at OL here. OL National Braxton Jones. This is John Zion Johnson National 77. So I must have sorted this thing. Like I said, I'm out of source right now. I liked him. I can't find his measurements right now. Braxton Jones, 77, um, on the American team, Southern Utah. He uh he hasn't stood out to me in any sort of way, but that's been the case for almost all the 
offensive lineman. I think there has been some good interior offensive line his, play. From his him. measurements are solid, Nick. They're solid. Okay, maybe I'm mixing six, up somebody six, else. Five, three oh six with an eight with a seven foot and change reach. Okay, definitely not who yeah. I was thinking. Yeah, of. he's he looked at he was he was lean. Uh, he moved well on his feet, um, and he he despite those long arms played with good leverage. Uh, but that was a three thousander okay. there, Nick, as well this morning from from Mark wow. who's already come in. So, guys. Well, we need to love you. We absolutely love you. It makes, it makes everything that we do here more than worth it for sure. And also we have to give a shout out to Peter Middleton because he's been supporting us since God, the show's start. So God bless you, Peter over in Cambodia. Uh, Let's get into this real quick. Um, just some, I guess, kind of housekeeping stuff here. Uh, The Broncos have brought in, uh, Justin Uten, I keep wanting to call him uh, Luke for some reason, but Justin, uh, former tight ends coach of the Green Bay Packers, to be the Broncos' new offensive coordinator. They also are bringing in Clint Kubiak, the son of longtime Broncos head coach, backup quarterback, offensive coordinator, et cetera, Gary Kubiak. Um, Clint worked with the Broncos for a little bit and then also worked for the Broncos as a quarterback coach, I believe, or definitely the offensive side under the Vance Joseph era after Gary Kubiak left the Broncos. Um, and now he's back as the quarterback coach and the pass game coordinator. Also the Broncos hired Barry uh, to be the offensive line coach. There was some talk, maybe some Doug Marone or somebody, uh, maybe Chris Cooper as well, uh, but they're bringing in Butch Barry, the offensive line coach. He's the assistant offensive line coach with 49ers really leaning into that outside zone there for the Broncos offensive line. So it's going to be fun to kind of get into some of the specifics in the draft season about the offensive linemen that fit the change in the scheme and some of the guys on the Broncos roster that don't fit. And while it's not official yet, it does. Uh, Mike Cliss said yesterday that it's all, but, official that uh, Elijah Evero, the defensive backs coach and pass game coordinator, defensive pass game coordinator for the Rams is going to be the next Broncos defensive coordinator. So now all that's out of the way. Peter's question here, Kubiak joining, obviously mentioned that quarterbacks coach, pass game coordinator. Does that raise the likelihood of Kirk cousins, current Vikings quarterback joining? I would say it's so hard to say because like did Clint Kubiak and Kirk cousins have a good relationship? You know, like that's, that's a question that has to be said. Now the familiarity, I would say, raises the odds of it happening maybe either kirk being okay with it or the broncos pushing for it but th- it did sound like there was a little bit of friction this last season uh between the coaching staff and kirk cousins uh with everything going on in the world maybe a lot of it was mike zimmer maybe it's not the case with uh spielman for the gm spot which would impact the broncos going after cousins because spielman and peyton are good friends or uh, clint kubiak but uh, i think cousins is a a viable option. I do not want to give up a first round pick for him. Um, but he, I mean, he's one of the top 12, 10 quarterbacks in football. It's just, he's very expensive and going to be 34 years old. So you can, you, I think you put cousins on this team on the Broncos. <clears throat> I think they could go toe to toe with almost anybody uh, in a given day, in a given week, probably get them at 10, 11 wins this year. Um, that's the quality quarterback. I think he is, but he's going to be 35 million against the cap. He only has one year left of cost control and he's, a little bit erratic in the big games. I think that's a little bit overblown. You had the Matt Stafford comment last year. Oh, he can't win the big game. Blah, blah, blah. Why would you give up that? Watch the traits. Uh, Watch what he's getting done on the field. You know, the Kirk Cousins isn't the reason the Vikings have the single worst run defense in football. Um, But uh, you don't want to overpay for him either. He's not that that tier of quarterback. And who has one in Washington? You know, that's why we said about C. Spurrier. C. Spurrier was a failure in the NFL. He was at Washington. Joe Gibbs came back and couldn't succeed under Daniel Snyder, for God's sakes. Um, but for me, with Cousins, it's either a draft pick or cap relief. You can't ask for both if you're the Vikings. I don't think yeah. you can hope to get both. Uh, I'm not sending you $30 million and a pick and a first-round pick. So, um, you know, it, it's very similar to the Matt Ryan thing. You know, you, you've asked me about Matt Ryan. I'm like, if I could take $40 million off of the books for Matt Ryan and the Falcons, I'd give them away. Yeah. Um, you know, that's worth the pick itself. I don't care about the draft pick at that pick's point. So you can, I think you can do one or, or if they're able to do both, then GM of the year in Minnesota. Yep. Uh, Travis come back in. Oh, kind of put the hat on. Um, <laughs> there we go. Also last Saturday was my 46th birthday. Happy birthday. And the two of the gifts I got was hacking and a chief's loss. Well, God bless you, Travis. Happy 46th birthday. Um, are you, are you an Aquarius? I don't, I just know that I'm an Aquarius cause my birthday is coming up and, 
three days or something. Um, but uh, thanks, Travis, and hope hope all's doing well in Iowa. I think it's pretty darn cold there. I saw it's really cold in uh, Denver as well. So thank you, you guys. It's well, wet and dreary here in Seattle. Evidently, it's soccer weather up in Minnesota. They sent two, oh my two Honduran players to the hospital for hypothermia playing in negative wind chill factor. That's insane. I heard. Oh, I mean, you know that, that's insane. Yeah. It's just it's, CONCACAF, classic CONCACAF, right? Like the, the, the little terrible weather and people getting malaria in some of those yeah. Caribbean cities and we like the Canadian pitches like skinny. In the US. We're going to play in Denver. Wasn't that game in Denver? There was a yeah. qualifier snow game. Rica in Denver, two yep. feet of snow. Yep. Um, and then Miguel coming in and saying, good morning, fellas. Hope you guys are having a great day. What are you looking for today at the Senior Bowl practice? I'm hoping to get in. Uh, they're moving to a covered area, so it's not in the stadium. And it says media partners. I'm like, does that mean credentialed media? I don't know what yeah. that means exactly. So I'm not 100% sure I can get in. I've got enough content to produce 40, 50 video clips. So mm. if I don't get in, uh, what I will miss, though, is I will miss the progression of the quarterbacks, which I would have yeah. liked to have seen today. I watched them day one. I watched them day three. I watched the trenches day two. Because then on day three, they're doing a lot more live things, and I can see DBs and wide receivers at the same time. Um, and then you, you kind of skip over running backs and linebackers, unfortunately, except for when they flash during 9v7 and 11v11 because they're they're not tackling. So it, it's yeah. really hard to get a good good look for them. So we'll see. I'm not sure what I'm – I might just be hitting the road and hopefully, you know, <clears throat> a, a nice safe drive home in, in the weather. And, Peter, we apologize for skipping you, but uh, – Michael and Mark blew my mind. You, you saw what a babbling idiot I turned into, uh, you know, more than usual uh, so quickly. So apologies, but uh, I'm glad Nick, that's, that's why we're both here to make sure that, you know, hopefully if, uh, if I miss you, Nick sees you for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, obviously we did the housekeeping with the Broncos coaching stuff. Do you have any opinions on that? Or you're so absorbed with the, uh, the senior bowl, rightfully so, being yeah, down in Mobile. The, that the coaching staffs aren't my bag. You know, yeah. most of the time I haven't heard of the position coaches until they're hired. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I just I don't follow it down that closely. It's different in college where you know who's recruiting whom, and that matters. Yep. You know, um, but as far as the position coaches, uh, I don't follow it that closely. What matters to me with the coaching hires is because we're such, you know, couch general managers, what scheme are you running? What kind of personnel? What is your history drafting and the type of body types and valuation for picks? Like if the Bron like if you if we were covering the Eagles, just take all the off-ball linebackers off your board in the first round. It's not <laughs> happening. You know, like that kind of situation. Um so we're getting obviously the outside zone is coming together here. You got Clint Kubiak, you got the uh Barry from the 49ers. So we're really leaning into the West Coast variation of the outside zone kind of mashing together the 49ers, the Rams, the Packers. Um, they all kind of do a little bit differently, but they have some key tenants there that they play off of a lot of different looks from the same formation. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun to get into, especially the specifics on the types of players they might need. Uh, but defense still totally waiting and seeing on defense. I have no idea. Uh, my understanding is George Payton really did want to keep a lot of the key principles of what Vic Fangio established in Denver. And that might've been one of the, one of the knocks against Dan Quinn, uh, Dan Quinn wanted to change things. And Peyton's like, oh, I kind of like what we're doing here structurally wise um, against Herbert and Mahomes. So we'll see how it plays out. Ever and that's the thing too, like Evero, what is his scheme going to be? Because he has worked underneath all schemes imaginable. Raheem Morris, totally different. Brandon Staley, totally different. Wade Phillips, totally different. All these guys, just totally different schemes. So we'll be really interesting to see what the Broncos do there. I do think you're going to see a lot more. I think, I think they will stay in the three, four, uh, I think they will stay in the, the odd front. Um, and I think that you will see a lot more too high still, but who knows? Um, who knows? Uh, Tina Fairchild coming in. What are your guys' thoughts on Denver picking up Kahil Shakir as a punt returner, kick returner to replace Spencer? Uh, Scott, I'll get, kick it to you. One thing I will say about Kahil Shakir is that he has incredibly short arm length and arm length matters at the wide receiver position from snagging balls out of the sky, obviously to beating press. Um, so yeah, I think he not had so much as a return specialist, not so much as a return specialist for sure. Um, I like him. I like Kahil Shakir a good bit at Boise state, but the arm length makes me think, Oh, if he's there, you know, round six, sure. I'll swing. Mm -hmm. But before that, probably not. Yeah. And I haven't gotten to watch him much and I didn't watch him much in college. So he's still fairly new name to me. Uh, my question, I'd, I'd ask that with a question. Can he catch? Then he's as good as uh, Spencer. Mm. You know, I mean, Spencer <laughs> offered 
next to nothing as a return return person. Uh, if, yeah. if he can catch, then he's at least an equal to. Yeah. Uh, and I guarantee you where you would get someone like that would be cheaper because it would be in the sixth round. So you need an upgrade in your return game for yeah. sure. So um, that's the, for me, my, my comment would be more about Deontay Spencer than it would be about uh, Shakir. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, BX Bronco Jedi saying, I uh, reach out to Ben Albright about information about the senior bowl today. Uh, we'll see. I got some connections down there as well. I can uh, put out a few flyers to see what's going on. Um, but who knows? I heard that uh, I was talking with Andrew Mason uh, last night and he said that they weren't doing it because it was going to be the indoors and it's like an invitational situation. So we'll see. Um, but let's get into it. I'm really excited to hear how yesterday went. Day two and day three of practice are always the best ones. Day one, it's kind of a feeling out process, but day two, you start to really get an idea of what's going on and even better. Um, I asked the football gods answered, give me some weather down in mobile because I'm not there having to sit in the rain and I got to see what these quarterbacks look like in the conditions because the Denver's played in Kansas city in December for 10,000 straight years. God knows why the NFL keeps making us do that, but Oh, it's December. Denver better go to Kansas city where it's freezing That's and they never win. Yeah. Guys. How about a nice September game at Arrowhead? I don't know. Um, but anyway, quarterbacks, that's the talk of the town. That's probably really important. Let's start off with the, oh gosh, who do we want to start off with? Let's start off with the American team, um, which would have the likes of the I short think American, guys. They, yes, they the sorted them by height. So they, they put the tall quarterbacks on one team and they put the short quarterbacks on another. Yes. Um, so that was the second practice yesterday. I believe. Yeah, and um, it was well, it was it's been second practice both days. Okay. Um, and let me say hey to Andrew real quick, who just popped in. It says Andrew, morning. Uh, working, so I can't watch. You know, if the the Chiefs are going to be in cap trouble now that Mahomes' contract starts ramping up. You know, this is a thank you so much for your support, Andrew. Cute little guy on the picture there. Always great to see you. And uh, thanks for listening. If you can't watch, the Chiefs have a wealthy ownership group, and the NFL is about to get new contracts coming in, new TV money coming in. The cap is expected to explode the next three to five years. I think they had uh, for the championship weekend, 10 million unique viewers or pings for TVs, which is insane. Um, so NFL, even though the, obviously with what's going on right now with Brian Flores continues to, you know, misstep, misstep PR constantly. Um, it's a product that it's like almost too big to fail, right? So the cap's going to explode. And... I said they reached critical mass about four years ago. I, I felt about four years ago where they had gotten so big that they had started taking their fans for granted and yeah. basically were doing whatever they wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> you, you saw that happen with ESPN. You know, ESPN yeah. got so big that there's pushback. Whenever somebody becomes that big, there they there end up there's a lot of negativity that surrounds that. That's just yeah. just what happens now. When does that start to trend downward? I don't think we're there yet. I, no. I thought we might have been actually, but I don't think we're there yet. I thought a few years ago when the CTE and concussion stuff was happening, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, football is, you know, going to die. What's going on, especially youth football, which doesn't seem to be the case in the South, maybe on the West Coast, unfortunately. It's is, down. It's it down. Is. It's down. Yep. Um, yep. There's the, the, the participation in soccer, basketball, and baseball in the South is off the charts. Yeah. It just, it's, it's huge. Uh, football's still big. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. um, the participation in other sports. Every former NFL player I know and have met, a lot of them, not all of them play football, but all of their kids play sports, but not all of them play football. Yeah. But they also know there's no reason to play football until you're a teenager. You yep. know, it's, it's not that, not that, it's not a skill sport. You're not picking up how to pick up a ground ball or hit a curveball, you yep. know, or, or you know, make a trap or a volley or anything, those kind of things. It's like, okay, you're going to be big and fast. You'll be big and fast when you're 15. You can go out then. Yep. Exactly. Uh, let that brain develop a little bit. Some of us are still developing right um, over here. I think what is it? the male brain continues to grow until 30, 35. So I'm, I'm, I've just begun to peak. <laughs> Not this one. Uh, so I, anyway, I but, mine in my twenties. That's where, that's where mine, mine oh, stuff. But getting back to the quarterbacks, yes. uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't watch the quarterbacks that closely on day two. Um, mm -hmm. So unfortunately the, the reason that you were happy it was raining is it didn't do you any good for me because I'm watching trenches i watched offensive and defensive line when i would glance over i saw bailey zap was playing much better uh, i heard that zap zappy zap um he just it was night and day you know he looked like he at least belonged out there instead of you know oh no you know oh god i feel bad for this kid for being out here 
which is kind of how I felt on the first day, but he looked serviceable, which was mm-hmm. good. I still don't think he's a, you know, anything. Someone might take a flyer on him five, six or seven, but he's, he's not going to, I don't think he's going to play his way up into third or higher. Um, day one, there was one player whose arm stood out above everybody else's. That was Malik Willis. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he was doing, and this is, again, this is a lot of timing routes and there's no timing yet with these players. So day one, again, is a lot of feeling out. It's a lot of throwing on air which means no defensive backs. It's a lot of install, learning the offense. But um, when he got to one, two, three fire, he had the best arm out there without a doubt. Um, When they started doing some seven on seven and he had to do one, two, three, read, 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 he'd lose his his accuracy because his his mechanics would break down. Um, I think, you know, just off the hoof, and again, I haven't studied them. I I know the linemen better than the quarterbacks right now. I, I really like Desmond Ritter. I, I do. Yesterday we talked about the, uh, you know, that it would, and I kept getting him and Carson Strong confused. We were talking about his knee looked pretty good to me. I went back and watched that's because that was Desmond Ritter running a bootleg. Um, he's, he, he was real smooth. Um, I like Sam. So the three quarterbacks I feel like just that, that stick to me right now that I really like are Sam Howell, Malik Willis, and Desmond Ritter. And Kenny Pickett's just okay. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's okay. That's none really of these guys again. None of these guys make me think, yeah, top 10. Yeah. Broncos. You know, we, we, you, you guys uh, know me well enough that if you're down on something, I'll give you reasons why you should be excited. Okay. We don't want Dan Quinn. You know, it's not as bad as you think I'll, I'll try and find, but I'll have a hard time making it sound, seem talking up, taking a quarterback in the top 10. I'll, I'll struggle with that one. Yeah, definitely. And this is uh this is interesting because you are one of the first people um from the media I've consumed and there's some people more connected to the league that had said the you know, Ritter was good yesterday, but a lot of people are thinking Ritter does not have it. Um I saw I talked to a couple people who had Ritter as their least favorite quarterback yesterday. Yeah, like so, I said, I didn't watch them that closely whenever yeah. I'd glance over. So this was fly by night. This isn't yeah. anything I want to. Okay, let's put them in order. You know, I know you said you wanted to force rank these guys. You know, no, I'm not. I, I can't do that. That's I fair. watched them one day. That's fair. Today was my quarterback's day. And I don't know if we're going to be able to do that. So I'll, I have to figure out a another way. Um, again, mechanically, arm strength tools. I don't want any of these guys in the first round, you know, mm. let alone top 10. But someone, you know, it's probably been a while since maybe one or two guys only went in the first round. But that should be this class. There's this, this, when we're talking the top ten guys for the Broncos. If you want a quarterback, wait and take your chances or trade back. Trade back. Don't don't reach at nine. Just don't do it. Yeah, and honestly, that's. I think there's a little bit of nuance to be had here at the quarterback discussion because I keep saying there's not a round one grade at quarterback, mm-hmm. but there's going to be three guys that go in the first round, and that's just because a the demand of the quarterback position be the payoff of hitting on a rookie quarterback contract is, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not even close in value to anything else. Um, And the other thing that I think we need to discuss about this more is that this is unfortunately a down year in the draft across the board. It's not just the quarterbacks. I would say the top of the draft, uh, Daniel Jeremiah said it again yesterday that the first, he said the first 12 guys taken in last year's class would go before any single player in this year's class. So all the way down to Micah Parsons. And that means that the rest of the class is probably, um, you're going to see some guys pushed up. So while you have a historical grade, uh, maybe a day th- day or around three grade on a quarterback, they're going to go up higher because the top of the class just is not as as good. i tell you what, though. You know how I like to build a team. And if, if the senior bowl is any kind of indication, the trenches are better. The trenches are better this year, yep. um, especially interior defensive line. There's half a dozen guys down here that were better than anybody that was here last year at defensive tackle. Easy. So it is a good depth here at the, on the line, on the yeah, edges, especially. So, uh, There's yeah, not any yeah, this, this is a good year to have a bunch of picks, not necessarily to have the top picks. You, you've yes. heard me say it before, Nick. Drafting five to 10 is probably more beneficial than drafting one to five financially. Yeah. You know, there's how big a difference is there really going to be between Aiden Hutchison and George Karloftis? I'm not sure. Well, now we've got some guys that are climbing into climbing into this, and, and you might not have been on last night. And let me let me show if you weren't here last night. Let me show you guys a couple players I really like. Well, while you're pulling that up, um, just some more quarterback talk here. It did sound like Kenny Pickett struggled yesterday. Uh, here, you already got it up, so I'll, I'll let you go. Yeah, so it, it pops up automatically. I kind of changed the subject on you to talk about the depth and the talent, but we're talking about edge. 
Yeah. This isn't even a guy we've been talking about. This is Sam Williams had 12 and a half sacks for, for Ole Miss. What do you mean? We, we haven't been talking about, I haven't been told. We haven't been talking about Sam. I I have not heard the name Sam Williams as a, as a candidate in the top 10 ever. Oh, well there's reason for that, but yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Very freaky. But you know, this is here's the Von Dip move. Okay, gets under. That guy's 6'4, 240. You know, look how big he is when he gets back in line. Okay. He's coming off the edge here. All right. I can go inside to you with a little swim move. I, I, I see I now. Juice. I see why you asked me if he was a Penn State player. They yeah. did not give him the Ole Miss helmet, just the classic yeah. white. <laughs> yeah, and I got some power too. You know, I can yeah. I can I can mix it up with an offensive tackle too. So a guy like him. And then uh there's another one that I absolutely loved that you've uh it's Jermaine Johnson yeah you know so now we're talking about if if David Ajabo let me see let me go Jermaine Johnson let me find him Jermaine Johnson here we go if we're talking David Ojabo and George Karloftis we can absolutely talk about this guy yeah I mean he bounces around out there like an outside linebacker and he's and how big is he Nick because he looks every bit of 265 270 275 to me I think he's about 260, 265, but the okay. thing that stands out for me for Johnson, extremely heavy hands and length. He is the the pocket cruncher type that you've heard me talk about a few times, and he's going to come into the league and be an immediate three-down player. Um, he's almost yeah, the opposite of David Ojabo because uh, Jermaine, Jermaine Johnson is a bit stiff. I don't think he has the ankle flexion, and I don't think he has the burst. Um, it takes a little bit for him to get off the runway, so to speak, compared to the elite edge rushers. But that's we're not talking about a guy in the top 10 Von Miller, Miles Garrett category, in my opinion, from what I've seen watching him. Um, well, no, but we're um, right now we're talking about who could be available. Who, who might you want to take at nine? You know, it's a little rich for me for him. It's just a little, a little bit. bit, but a, a lot of these guys are. So is George Karloff. Yeah. I've seen George Karloff just go all the way down to 27, 28. Yep. Um, you know, so there's there's question marks on all these guys. So now you've got more options. Yep. More options are good, you know, yep. so having more options is a good thing. If I really like Jermaine Johnson and George Karloftis and I'm sitting there and I can, I can move back one. I'll take the other one and pick up a fourth rounder, a third rounder or whatnot. So, but on quarterbacks, again, for me to sum it up, Malik Willis easily has the best arm here. Don't want him in the first round. Um, you know, unless you're okay to, it's, it's a risk. Everything's a risk, obviously, but his mechanics are erratic. Um, can you clean that up? And, and if so, how much, you know, when he was a, a high school player, he wasn't even recruited to play quarterback. He was recruited to play uh, defensive back. Uh, and I went and saw him and saw him play quarterback. I said, yeah, forget that. He's going to go play quarterback at the college level that he has made it this far as a pro prospect could be. That's the trajectory you want to see. It's, it's still going up within his development and that's good, but you don't want him playing next year unless it's in, you know, short yardage packages, his initial, Initial instincts are always drop, 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 read, no, run. And and Sam Howell is a lot like that too. You know, it's one read, tuck and run. Yep. And that's partially uh, the offense that they played into. Um, they did not play in an offense that allowed them to progress. Uh, and they did not have a lot of NFL talent around them this year. So they had to be the offense in that way and generate offense through the run game. I mean, that North Carolina offensive line was terrible. And while people will say, oh, he's under pressure constantly, he, Sam Howell, that is, he, he was under pressure a lot, but where the North Carolina offensive line killed me was the run game. Absolutely no push. So Phil Luongo, my arch nemesis, God, I don't like him. Um, he, uh, what he decided, which, okay, I'll give him props on this one. If we can't run the ball, you know what we're going to do? We're going to spread it out. We're going to get no guys in the box. And then we're going to have our decently athletic six foot two twenty quarterback tuck and run and generate manufacture running, running offense through the quarterback with less box guys in the box. It worked, but it's not going to sustain the NFL. But that, I also think that helped or that led to some potentially bad habits uh, for the likes of Sam Howell, that it's going to take a little bit for him to iron out. Um, but uh, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Malik Willis standing out. I think he was like the 10th fastest player recorded at the, at the senior bowl so far had far and away the best arm talent, which I'm going to give myself a pat in the back for that one, because I had a little bit of pushback from some people saying Carson Strong's arm was better or Sam Howell's better. I'm like, Oh no, no way. Malik Willis generates so much more power. Sam okay. Howell's arm looks stronger than Carson Strong. Carson Strong looks okay. He looks yes. okay. He people looks like get a career in... backup, you know, that you can, you can, yeah. the Trevor Simeon type that can, have a nice long 10 year career with 15 starts, you know, it's just, and you don't know how it's going to, how it's going to play out. Obviously you've heard me say before, 
the quarterback is the hardest position to scout because it's the things you can't measure. On the measurables that, that make the most difference, the measurables are, eh, they're okay. Yeah. They're nothing that, hey, I, <clears throat> you know, Zach Wilson may have failed all of the intangible stuff, but people fall in love with that arm. Yeah. You know, that arm that Zach Wilson had. Yeah. I, I, can, I, I can see that. It pops. Yeah. I got it. I understand. Yeah. Justin Fields. Yeah. His arm's magnificent. Trevor Lawrence has a whole package. I, I'm a more of a fan of Justin Fields and, and his intangibles too. But yeah. when you're watching the guys against last year's class, there were some there were some big time arms in there for sure. Did we answer Peter's question? Because for me, not yet. Um, the day two and three choice at QB, I'd be okay with any of them. Honestly, uh, I'd be okay with with Ritter, Strong, uh, Willis. Um, I don't think Corral will fall that far. Uh, he might be helping himself the most by not being here. To be honest, that's. With you. That is such a terrible thing. That's a great take. That's a terrible thing. And that really, again, I got to pat myself on the back again. Like, which quarterback do you want to take? Whichever one's the last one remaining, because I don't feel good about any of them separating from the other ones. So the fact that the quarterback who is setting himself apart in this week is the one who's not there screams, uh-oh, if you're trying to go quarterback in the top 10 this year. Um, I got to give a shout out here. Day two quarterback, guys, that's not down there. One of my favorites this year, um, Caleb Elby out at Western Michigan. If you get a chance to check him out, he's a lot of fun. They also have a wide receiver who I'm just, I'm hot. I'm hot and bothered by, uh, Sky Moore. <laughs> he is, he is awesome, man. Sky Moore is incredible. You got to check him out. What's so funny good. is he's, he's ranked on the, on the PFN mock draft simulator. Don't you wish you could just like redo it every time until you got the draft you wanted. Yeah. Uh, like you can on PFN because, um, Sky Moore, he's rated like 34th overall. And you can get him in the 90s almost every time. He's always there. So I just keep passing him, passing him, passing him. Like, yeah. I'll take Sky Moore. receiver for sure. He is. He is fun. Caleb Ellaby, though, he actually has the arm talent, the frame, and whatnot. So day two quarterback, that's uh, – or maybe even round four, kind of that three to four range. Ellaby um, is my guy. Nathan coming in. Assuming the Broncos don't trade the nine pick for Rodgers, which team is most likely to trade down? Atlanta, eight, or Denver? Which team should? I do know that there's already reports out there that the Jets at 10 want to trade down terribly from the 10th overall pick. Um, so that's one that you want to keep out for. It really depends on the cost. I mean, it depends how the board falls and whatnot. I know Scott would be over the moon if he could trade back and get some more capital because that Falcons defense needs a defensive facelift in the worst way. Um, and no better way to do that, especially in this draft class with the depth on the, gosh, honestly, incredible depth on the front seven. Um, mm -hmm. That could do a huge good for Atlanta trading back Denver too. Um, if I was Denver, I'd be more about trading back and gathering 2023 resources. Uh, but I think this is, if the question is who wants to come up, that's the big one, because I don't know if there's anybody that's going to be worth coming up unless you fall in love with one of these quarterbacks. Yeah. And so again, it, it, when you're talking about not being a great year at the top it means it's probably not such a great year to, to be trading down. You're, mm -hmm. you're not going to get the, you know, if you're, you're going to get the Pittsburgh me. Steelers deal where the Broncos got, where they got, uh, they went down from 10 to 20, which if it was last year's draft that you would have gotten a first round pick the following year, even plus more, but, but which team, the, which team should trade down the Falcons need as many good players as they can get. And frankly, they could stack players for next year. You yeah. know, I could trade out of the first and, you know, give me your 23 and 24 first round picks or, you know, something like that. And you can have, and I just won't be able to do it. The fans would be pissed off because, Frankly, the fans don't pay enough attention and don't really understand the entire process. I mean, I'm not, this is a different group. If you're sitting here watching a pod talking about the draft, you understand a lot better. But there's 5 million people on Facebook that are fans of the Atlanta Falcons, and 4,900,000 of them don't really get it, uh, you know, where the team is. They, they watch the games on Sundays, and that's about it. But when you're the Broncos, you're one or two players away from really competing. One of those is if, if you, let's say you get your, if you get your quarterback, you're not going to have this pick. Yeah. I don't want you taking a quarterback with this pick because he's not going to help you next year. Mm -hmm. There isn't a quarterback in this draft that I think is going to play better than Drew Locke next year. I do not believe that. So he's not going to help you. So you're better off getting the absolute best player you can get right now because you don't have a ton of holes and we don't know where Nick just went. Uh, hopefully that wasn't me that signed out. But you don't have you don't have so many holes that you need to have five or six guys come in. That's not going to make your team any better. What will make your team better is having the best guy possible come in and 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 try and upgrade a position, not plug multiple gaping holes. 
if that makes sense. It does make sense. Sorry, I poured coffee. The coffee splashed up, hit my screen, which is a touch screen, and clicked on a different tab. Unbelievable. I don't know what the hell is happening? Um, Ethan coming in. Good morning, gents in Broncos country. Good morning to you, Ethan, across the pond. Hope you're doing pretty well uh, out there. Hope things are good in jolly old England. Uh, let's get back to the quarterbacks here real quick um, because I do want to get into some of the trench in the front seven stuff. First, Marcus Lewis, Hannah coming in and saying, here are a few stars, guys, to help out from the U.K., Again, maybe not, maybe not jolly good England there. If it's the UK, I want to make sure we're all inclusive here with the uh, the United Kingdom. Um, it's touchy but, with Brexit, that gets touchy. Ah, you never know. I mean, God, Scott, I was my wife and I did a month in Europe after we got our master's degrees, and we were in London when they voted on Brexit. And like two days after we left, the pound crashed for the first time, and it was lower than the dollar for the first time since World War II. So we're out there paying. London's like the most expensive city in the world. We're out there paying crazy, and then we're flying home. It's like, oh, the pound. Go to London now because blah blah blah. It's like, oh my god, we missed it Thanks. by two Thanks days. Like unbelievable. Uh, so mad. Yeah, um, I traveled. I took my wife to <clears throat> Niagara Falls for her birthday, and it was basically closed. Everything was closed. Mm. Uh, frozen over. Everything's closed. She takes us to Europe and everything's free. I'm like, okay, we'll see. It was like arts week or something. So all the museums, everything was free. I'm like, well, we'll we'll get to see who's going to plan our traveling from now on. Uh, and Travis comes in and says, we need a tackle or edge at nine if we don't get Rodgers or Wilson. Yeah, and there should be lots of good options there. That's what's that's what's going to be fun. Um, Miguel comes in just a little bit later, says you can see Denver picking Desmond Ritter in the second or third. Yeah, if he's there, yep. I'd, I'd love him in the third. I think Ritter, uh, it's with. Uh, I think he froze up on me unless that was me freezing up. Can't tell for sure. So I'll keep talking. I think. Um, can you see Denver picking Ritter in the third? Let me go down. <laughs> Help me out here. Who's frozen? Let me scroll down to the bottom of the chat. Nick's frozen. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Let me remove him. That coffee must have dripped just a little bit too far down. So, okay, sorry for that, y'all. Um, let me scroll down. I've got welcome back, Nick. Um, and Ray, uh, Roy came in earlier and asked, you know, have you seen more of them guys out of North Dakota that you scoped out earlier? Um, the I believe the the Watson kid. Let me check the the receiver. Christian Watson, like him, North Dakota State. I do. I like him. Uh, six foot four, two eleven, real strong hands. Uh, C. Patrick Havener came in about ten oh three. That's where we are in the chat. See, I'm always back here where y'all are giving stars to try and make sure we're not missing you. And gave a, a nice big thing of stars for sure. Um, but um, <clears throat> let me um try and get my train of thought back here. I apologize, y'all. Um. Offense in the defensive line. Like I mentioned, I think the interior defensive line is better in this class by far. So if you're looking to add to or upgrade Mike Purcell, <clears throat> excuse me, there are several players you can look at. Uh, I think Devontae Wyatt had a really good day uh, yesterday at, uh, at Senior Bowl. He's out at the University of Georgia. Travis Jones is 6'4", 600, and 600. Six foot four, 330 pounds with a really nice get off. Haskell Garrett did some things on the inside and outside. And one of the guys I really liked actually was Perrion Winfrey out of Oklahoma. Um, John Ridgeway, 6'4", 330 out of Arkansas. So I'm naming several guys here that I didn't get to, that I, I really didn't feel like I had last year. You know, we're like, there was one interior lineman that was graded in the first round. It was Christian Barmore. Now he had a good, he had a really good uh, good season, but he was the only one last year. Now, there should be several guys here that I think can help. Now, Phil, uh, appreciate you coming in with some more stars. And Marcus coming in with some more stars. Marcus, where are you from in the UK? He says, yeah, yes, it's England. There we go. Um, that makes it real easy. Um, let me open it up for questions here real quick. Let me try and get back on track by myself a little bit here. Uh, what questions do you have knowing that I've got a from the senior bowl that I've seen. Hey, Tim Durr says, if he's 600 pounds, that's our new starting DT. We take up two spots, DT and one of the ends. So we'll, we'll play with, he can have that spot and we'll play with an extra linebacker. That'd work out pretty well. Um, but what questions do you have? And uh, I'll see if I can, I can hit on some of those. Well, like I said, we'll try and get my train of thought back here. I'll scroll back down through. 
Here we go. The best offensive tackle at the Senior Bowl asks EJ. Uh, good question. Good question. Oh, there's a lot of good options right now. Off the top of my head, um, I might like Trevor Penning out of, out of uh, Northern Iowa. He is uh, – let me see. When we talk about shorts, we like to see a little bit of nastiness, right? So <laughs> – Good feet. And take that with you. A little bit extra on Tyreek Smith out of Ohio State. And uh, you know what? The coaches like that a little bit. He didn't he didn't get up all up in his grill or anything, talking. He just got a little nasty. So Trevor Penning, nice, nice step back. Watch his kick back. Nice feet. Good balance. He's he's rocked back. He's well. He's got 50 or 60 pounds on that guy he's blocking. So that's one of the guys I like. Um I like Daniel Falele at times. Uh, when he engages the six foot eight, 380 pound man child from uh, from Minnesota, when he engages, it's over. Doesn't matter who he's going against. It's absolutely over. Um, if he gets going in one direction, he can handle his guy. So if you're going to try a speed rush and I see it coming, and I'm, I'm, I'm Daniel, and he can slide step, he can slide step, and he can he can get that guy around the edge. That guy gives him one of these, a little head fake, and then cuts back inside. He's in trouble. So, uh, right tackle for sure. Maybe I don't know how many six eight guards there are, but maybe even guard uh, is one place you could go with with him. Um, and then I, I like Matt Woletsko. Uh, I saw a little bit of him in, in day one. I didn't, I didn't see him as much yesterday, uh, which is a little surprising. It's six seven three ten. He didn't show up quite as well during the one on ones. But Matt Waletsko is a guy that I would check out. And then there's some, there's plenty of guards, but the the defensive line here, edge tackle is eons better than it was last year, for sure. Uh, let me scroll back down here. Uh, the Broken Pirate says, with the media reporting so well on Malik Willis, do we have to take him with nine to have a shot at him? Uh, maybe he might not last to the end, but I I, I don't want there's a a caution. There, that I try and I tell people that work for me, if you're at an event, you you get invited to all these events, and there's not really anybody that's real good there. Don't overblow this per, the best one. And I, there could be some of that going on, to be perfectly honest with you. he's It's not a crowd of quarterbacks that's going to make you stand up and go, yes, okay. So you end up trying to hype up the best guy. Malik Willis easily has the best tool. Thanks him and Sam Howell have the best tools. I don't, I don't, they're not top 10 guys. They're, they're not. So someone's going to reach for them. And, and frankly, uh, the broken pirates on Twitch, you want someone one to eight to reach on Malik Willis. Cause that'll mean there's a, a good player still left for you to choose from. And so that's how I kind of think about, about that one. Um, we scroll down here. Oh, John Clay coming in here with some with a, a super. I think our first super of the day. Lots of stars. Facebook's been rocking. Uh, so good morning, Scott. Sorry for the late join. My work took me away. Hey, you got to take care of you first. I sent that to uh, someone yesterday. Like, sorry, I had to fill your spot. I'm like, hey, you got to take care of you first. Uh, I don't know if you spoke about Willis. Is he shining? Um, shining is, again, shining, relatively speaking. He is standing above the other quarterbacks with his talent. Is he shining? To me, a shining is shining is a guy that is just on point with all of his passes. He's running back and you know completing everything. None of those guys are doing that. He's he's erratic with his arm. Um, he's okay, but I, I'll tell you one thing. And uh, you know, when I was watching my film uh, from day one, I had it just zeroed in on the receiver for some reason. Usually, I start at the quarterback and then follow the ball, but this one's just on the receiver. And here comes this ball in. Boom. I'm like, well, I know who that was. That, that had to be Malik Willis. He's the only one that can throw the ball like that. And I, then I, I, my camera zoomed over, and yeah, it was. So Malik Willis's arm is good enough that I could tell it was Malik Willis based on the throw. So that that tells you what you need to know about Malik Willis and his arm. But watching him play against 7-on-7, 9 7 11 11 they're not completing a ton of passes out here, you know, plain and simple. So it's uh, it's it's not – Shining isn't necessarily the great word, the best word for me. Uh, appreciate the, the support, though. Uh, John says, 
And and Jeremy comes in and says, you have to look at Willis as a de- developmental guy. Let him marinate some. Yeah, absolutely. Question with that, though, is let's say you, you happen to get him in the second round and you've only got him for four years. And you let him marinate for two, then you've only got him for two. So, you know, all of these questions about, you know, I don't want Aaron Rodgers and we only have him for X amount of time. That really goes for any quarterback, especially anyone you take later than the uh, the first round, which you might be able to get five years out of. But takes you a year or two to get him to play where you want him, then you may only have him for a year or two, and then you got to make a big decision on him. So, again, there's always risk involved with all of these guys. Um, let me see. And you guys are talking cricket over here. So on that note, I still got to check out of the hotel here, and I'm going to post my um, – offensive and defensive line from the national team. I was about to do it when we did it right before we came on, but I had a, a mess up in my file and it was two minutes too long. And there was a big gap there. So you don't care. The good news is you get to check out right now on my channel, um, youtube.com slash C is in the third letter in the alphabet slash Scott Kennedy. The offensive and defensive highlights are there from the, the American team, which is basically the Southeast Virginia down. I call it Dixie versus the world. It's uh, the South and Texas and like Virginia and and in that area against the Midwest, Pac-12 and all of those other types of areas. So the national squad, I will post those here in the next 30 minutes. So um, good five minutes. I think there's 25, 25 reps from each of them. So 50 reps of one on ones. Go give it a look and, uh, and share them around. That helps me a lot. On that note, I think we're going to get out of here. I hope Nick's computer is okay. When he talked about spilling coffee onto his screen, I'm wondering where the rest of that coffee went since he has not been back. Um, But on that note, I think we're going to get out of here. Um, As Nick would say, choose kindness and all that type of stuff. And we will be back on what's today, Thursday. I probably will not see y'all tonight unless I leave here a little early. Then I will. Then we'll talk a little more Senior Bowl tonight on MHH. But make sure... You are uh, you're tuned in to Mile High Huddle and the Huddle Up pod tonight. Now, oh, here comes a closer. The closer coming in to get us out of here. This is the, the daily contribution from Ethan and DWI guys to the TFARF fund. And uh, he says, and Nick's upgrade. Yeah, might, might be time to get him a new computer. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, TFARF, for those of you who don't know, trade for Aaron Rodgers fund. Again, within reason. That's that's the way this team is going to be immediately, immediately the fastest way to get better. And then you've got ways to try and keep getting better after you get Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is a surefire way to say, well, this team's going to be terrible in three years. Well, you could be terrible in three years if you don't make that trade. I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm not guaranteed, but I like my chances if I if I do get an Aaron Rodgers. And then uh, real quick, Phil coming in saying, uh, what do you think would cost to get Chandler Jones off free agency? I, I don't know. I, I haven't looked that deep, Phil. I apologize. Um, but I will check it out. And uh, next time you ask, I'll have a better answer for you. On that note, I'm going to get out of here. Um, driving home tonight. And if I don't see you tonight on the Huddle Up Pod, I will see you tomorrow on Dove Valley Deep Dives. It's Friday night. So I'll see you tonight. But everybody, thanks for being here. Thanks for the great contributions in the chat. Thanks for being patient with some of our technical issues, not just Nick's, but mine here in the hotel room. I'm looking forward to getting home and I will see y'all later. Thanks so much. And and thanks for, thanks for being you Broncos country. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.